Coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. The two things that I always focus on, and I have to remind myself, even to this day, is that one, I'm not alone. There's always someone out there who's going through what you're going through. Someone can always relate to you, and there's so many people who are willing to listen. And second, um, you can get through this. Today may be horrible, and tomorrow might be horrible too, but that doesn't mean the next day will be. Things always change, and they can change for the better. Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, stories of struggle, hope, and survival in the face of colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 55 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And this is the first episode that I recorded since returning from the Live Your Best Life 2016 Metastatic Colorectal Cancer Symposium, which took place out at Mesa, Arizona. My wife, Linda, and I were fortunate enough to attend, and it was a spectacular event. Congratulations and hats off to Kevin Bergeson, uh, Janelle Hill, and the the rest of the Arizona chapter for doing an amazing job and putting together a fantastic event. It was wonderful to meet and connect with so many new friends, reconnect with some old friends. Uh, there were some great really informative presentations from doctors and uh, some wonderful, helpful information shared by the stage four colorectal cancer community themselves. If you want to be able to get a flavor for those presentations, I was fortunate enough to do seven podcast interviews while I was there, and those are available for your listening at the coloncancerpodcast.com website. And speaking of the website, if you're not already subscribed, meaning you're getting alerts on your mobile device, uh, desktop, however it is you're listening to us, you do want to go ahead and subscribe. This way you don't miss any episodes. Just visit the coloncancerpodcast.com forward slash subscribe, and that will ensure that you don't miss any of our future episodes. But again, I just an extra thank you and shout out an amazing job done by the whole Arizona chapter, Kevin Bergeson, Janelle Hill, Kim Newcomber. You guys were awesome and you put on a first class event and I can't wait for next year's event. Some events taking place in the colon cancer community. We're starting to wrap up as we uh, wrap up the year itself, but there is a very interesting and exciting event taking place on Saturday, December the 3rd for the folks that are uh, in and around the Washington, D.C. area, and that is the 7th Annual Roosh Center Symposium, Fighting a Smarter War Against Cancer, Part 3. This is a uh, pretty much all day, well... We'll call it uh, three quarters of a day from 8.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. event taking place in Washington, D.C. And if you use the promo code CCA, uh, 
Obviously, you know what that stands for, the Colon Cancer Alliance. Uh, This will provide free registration for Colon Cancer Alliance attendees at this event. Uh, This event uh, brings patients and families disease-specific information and education tools for managing their cancer care and engages them in a discussion of the promise of emerging therapeutic approaches in cancer care and the concerns related to understanding the growing array of treatment options. For more information on this event, visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Click on events and you'll get all the information you need. And it's hard to believe we're already talking about next year's Undie events, where we've already wrapped up the Undie events for this year. And as usual, the Undie for 2017, the Undie events kick off in my hometown, Tampa, Florida. So the first Undie of the year takes place here in Tampa, again at Al Lopez Park. It is on Saturday, February the 4th, uh, Al Lopez Park, just north of Raymond James Stadium. Uh, My team and I, Lee Superheroes, will be out in our full Batman regalia as we always are. Uh, But uh, for more information on the Tampa Undie and other upcoming Undies in 2017, visit uh, the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org and you'll see a link there for uh, the Undie events. You have your option, uh, you have a few options. You have the one mile fun walk, you have the uh, 5k run. So take your pick, but whatever it is, uh, any of my friends in the central West Coast Florida area do come out and uh, it's for obviously a wonderful cause. We have a great time and uh, get your undies on. I'd like to thank our sponsor, H2RS, for your support of the show. H2RS is an oral rehydration solution, which is an over-the-counter electrolyte drink mix for dehydration. H2ORS is a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling to stay hydrated due to anostomy or chemotherapy, H2ORS can help replenish your fluid and electrolyte levels. It has three times the electrolytes of most sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. And if you'd like to try a free sample of H2ORS, go to h2ors.com forward slash sample, and they'll ship one out to you, no strings or hidden costs attached. Also, when you make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the promo code CC. P-O-D, which stands for Colon Cancer Podcast. Again, that's C-C-P-O-D. You will get 10% off your first order. I also want to welcome a new sponsor to the show, and that is Fresh Assist. Fresh Assist is a product that I've tried, and I like it, which is why I've invited them to help support the show. And I took a few minutes to have a conversation with the founder of Fresh Assist, Howard Deskin. So I'm here with the founder of Fresh Assist, Howard Deskin. Tell us, what is Fresh Assist? Fresh Assist is an essential oil, an aloe-based spray that you spray on toilet paper. So it turns regular dry toilet paper into a uh, moistened, cleansing, cooling, septic-safe wipe. So essentially, it turns it into a wet wipe that helps you improve uh, the backside cleaning process. And we like to say, helps you get clean in between. I'm always reading on our Facebook page some of the challenges of being raw and and, and trying to find a product that's, that's soothing and comforting. How does Fresh Assist fit that bill? 
That is one of the main reasons I uh, created Fresh Assist because my family was using uh, wet wipes. Number one, the wet wipes are not really flushable. Even though they say they're flushable, they do get stuck in the toilet from time to time. And I had to take my toilets apart and take them into the backyard, stick a garden hose down them, and lo and behold, uh, a wipe came out the other end. Then my backside got very kind of raw and I had some blood. So I went to see my colon doctor and he basically said, hey, are you using wet wipes? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, don't use them anymore. They just dry your skin out and they will irritate your skin. Find something else. So... I said, hey, there's I don't know of anything else. I can't find anything else. So I went home and took me six months and I invented something that essentially turns toilet paper into a wipe and it's very soothing and non-irritating. Well, I can vouch for it. You were kind enough to provide me with a sample and I've been using it and you're absolutely right. And, and it is soothing. What do you have in the product that provides that soothing and avoids that irritation? It's a mixture of essential oils that are very uh, skin friendly with some water, obviously, uh, nice filtered water and aloe, as well as in there and some other preservatives. And kind of that combination just offers kind of a cooling feeling when you put it on. And and you don't use that much. You're just kind of spritzing the toilet paper enough to just get it wet enough that it does a great job cleaning. You know, one of the things we did, we are doing is we have partnered with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. I've done a couple of their walks, given out hundreds of samples to the walk participants, and I'm on the leadership board here in uh, in Virginia, kind of f- helping to figure out uh, how to move the needle and get those folks uh, some more help. Well, Howard, I appreciate your support of the show. Uh, for our listeners, the link to Fresh Assist, just click on the logo that you see on our website at thecolincancerpodcast.com. That will take you directly to Amazon where you can uh, order the product. It's available in either single two-ounce bottles or two-packs. And if you buy a two-pack, Howard and his team at Fresh Assist uh, have a promo code, which is 2FRESH. That's T-W-O FRESH, T-W-O-F-R-E-S-H as your promo code, and that will save you $2 off of a two-pack of Fresh Assist. I highly recommend the product. Howard, thank you again for sponsoring the show, and I wish you much success. My guest this week is Jenny Jones. Jenny was diagnosed with FAP, familial adenomosis polyposis, at the young age of eight, and she had a full colectomy at only nine years old. Jenny blogs about her experience at her blog, Life's a Polyp, and I actually found Jenny through Twitter and found her way that she expresses her and her story through her writing just to be absolutely beautiful. And uh, she does have an interesting story to tell, and I'm sure you will agree. Join me now for my conversation with Jenny Jones. Good evening, Jenny. How are you? Thanks for joining me this evening. Thank you for having me. I'm doing pretty good. Good. So we were just chatting before we went live and I'm trying to think, you know, how did I first find out about Jenny? And it was, and I thought about it and it was absolutely through your blog, uh, which we definitely want to talk about, uh, Life's a Polyp. And I love the, the title, I think, uh, and I'd love to hear where you came up with that. Uh, more importantly is, is about you and, and first and foremost is how's your health right now? It's doing pretty good. Um, I have a lot of uh, chronic nausea and pain as my, my biggest problems for the last year, but it's it's manageable, so okay. it's pretty stable. Okay. And like many folks who have had 
uh, experienced a hereditary cancer syndrome. Uh, you were diagnosed very early with uh, FAP, correct? Yes, it was about when I was eight was when I got diagnosed. And was there a family history? Yes, my, my mom has it, my grandpa did, and then several of his um, extended family did. So, But I just knew of my mom and my grandfather, really, when I was growing up. How, did, how was that explained to you as a young child? You know, it was just kind of something that I grew up with. Um, my mom and my grandpa both um, had ostomies, so it was just a part of life. I, it was never told to me that that's what might happen for me. Of course, we didn't really know that it would happen to me until I was eight, nine, anyway. So it kind of was just a part of life. And when did you wind up having the surgery? When I was nine. It was a year later. Kind of take us from, you know, how life kind of transpired growing up with an ostomy. Was it as you got older and to be a be a teenager and such like that? Was it still, did, did you still feel normal or did you run into some, some challenges? I didn't accept it well at all. Um, I was very angry, very bitter about it from day one. And I didn't accept it until after, um, until I, I had a reversal done six years later. And even then, it was several years after that that I actually accepted that I had had an ostomy and, and what life was like with one. It just it was very challenging for me. So then, fast forward, and what was the impetus for you to start writing? I had joined one of the um, the Facebook FAP groups, and one of the, the administrators was asking for people to, who would be involved, um, and they suggested that I be one to write a blog. So it just kind of started there, and not really looking for anything. It, it just, and then it, it grew. How did you become such a beautiful writer? That was the first thing that struck me as I'm reading your posts. It's like it struck me as someone that's been doing this their whole life. I have to thank my dad. I don't know how he did it, but he taught me how to write. Um, and it, it came in handy in school. And so it's just kind of, it's all him. Okay. But like from a, from a, like a creative standpoint? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't even know how you teach someone to write, but he, um, he, he taught me how to write really good papers for school and, and, you know, part of that's creative writing and I'd give him my work and he would critique it and give me feedback and, and we kind of just learned together, I guess. You know, so many people start, get inspired or are encouraged to, oh, start a blog. I hear, especially for, you know, people who've been through chronic illness, I'm a stage four survivor, and you just hear it all the time. I, I want to start a blog. I want to write a book. But then it peters out after a little while. You've been doing this for a number of years. Yes, I think it's about three years now. I originally wanted to write a book years ago, kind of when I was in high school or college, but that always seemed kind of daunting. So I'm glad I found my way into this blog because it's, it's a very, it's therapeutic for me and it's a good way to reach out to other people. And I think it's, for me, probably better than a book. You view it definitely as, as, uh, as an emotional outlet. 
Yes. I mean, I, I base every post off of something that's gone, gone off in my life that has inspired me at the moment. And it helps me process what I'm going through at the time, too. Yeah, I noticed that you've not been hesitant to share some fairly challenging and if not, and as well as uh, private, what, what other people would consider to be, you know, things they wouldn't put out there. But you've not been hesitant, have you? No, you know, sometimes I wait on the right timing for it. Like, um, you know, something that was very personal for me was my divorce. And I had to wait for the right timing to, to put that out there just to be fair and, and courteous. Um, but things with my health specifically, I've, that's kind of part of, been my, of, of my acceptance is to be open about it. What kind of feedback do you get from other people about your writing? Majority of it's very um, good. It's it's supportive. I've had a few people who have not been pleased, um, but that's just a couple. It's it, it's been overwhelming support, really. Though it must make you feel good. It does. It's it's nice to know that people actually want to read what I'm having to say, what I'm going through, and is not something that I really expected when I started out. But I I give you a lot of credit, like I said earlier, for sticking with it. Uh, It wasn't like a blog post once a week and then it turned into once a month and and then petered out. Like I said, uh, you've been very consistent. I'm sure that's helped you build a following too. Yes, it it has. And I try try to be consistent with it. Sometimes it's hard, but... (laughs) I think that makes a difference, too, when you are consistent with something. So how did you get the tie-in, because I was going through your site, with uh, the National Organization of Rare Disorders? How did that all come to be? I was doing research just kind of on on FAP, and I like to do that every so often. And NORD's just kind of one of those organizations that I fell in love with, Um it just I, I think they're an incredible organization, not just for FAP, but for all the different disorders and diseases that they represent. And so the more research I do on, on them and, what, and the information they have, the more I'm in love with them. I just think they're great. And, you know, I'd be remiss. You know, sometimes we get caught up in a conversation and you just assume everybody knows what you're talking about. But in case anybody's listening to the show and hasn't caught any of the previous episodes where I've interviewed other FAP survivors, tell our listeners what FAP actually is. It's a rare genetic disease, and it causes um, primarily, or the main focus is the colon cancer that it causes because of the polyps forming there primarily. But um, the polyps can develop elsewhere in the GI tract and cause other cancers. There's other complications such as extra teeth. Um, Desmoid tumors are a big one. So it, it's very widespread through the body and what it can do. And obviously it's a genetic disorder just you know, as evidenced by your family history. Yes. And you know, it can, there are people who they're a spontaneous mutation and they're the only ones in their family. But then if they have children, their children have a 50-50 chance of inheriting the disease and it goes on from there. I see. And typically, depending on the timing, but more often than not, what's going to wind up happening is total colectomy? Yes. Yes. And usually that ends in either a, um, a J pouch 
or an ostomy or an IRA, an ileal rectal anastomosis. And yours was? Mine originally was um, supposed to be a temporary ileostomy. And after I had my whole colon removed, I ended up having some of my small intestine removed too. And then I ended up with a so-called permanent ostomy for six years because they didn't think they could um, reverse it. And so uh, I had a J pouch that died before I could ever use it. And then I ended up having a straight pull through ultimately. I want to go back to your blog. As I was reading some of your posts, a few things jumped out at me. And one, uh, the first thing is because it's been such a common theme on the show, you talk a lot about the importance of exercise in your life. Yeah, I think, you know, exer- I'm not very good at exercise. I go in cycles with it, but I think it makes a big difference when you're staying active some way. And um, if we don't do exercise of some kind, even if it's just gardening, something that keeps you physically active, it's going to wear on you physically and emotionally. So you feel it helps you how? It helps to fight depression for one. And that's a big factor of people, especially with chronic illness. It keeps you motivated. And then it was kind of like with our arthritis, they say to keep busy, to keep moving or it's going to get worse. And I think physically that you can see that too. What's your exercise of choice? Yoga or Pilates are my favorite. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, they're low strenuous, so they're not, they're not too hard on my joints. And it's slow-paced. I can't do running. I'm not good at that. I'm not real good at lifting weights. So, so <laughs> I like something kind of easy. Sure. No, and there's so many benefits from yoga. I had Jean DiCarlo Wagner on the show last year. And I don't know if you know Jean, but she is a certified yoga instructor and actually does some yoga lessons by phone for people who just aren't able to get out and move. And she teaches yoga exercises you can do from a bed or a recliner. So I think I've seen I think hers are the ones that I've seen posted in some of the um, in the colon town. Yes, absolutely. I think that is awesome that she does that. Yeah, she's terrific. And and it's great to hear that you're getting the benefit from it, too. The other thing that I want to ask you about, too, Jenny, is recently you wrote around the theme of mental preparation. And that just really struck a chord with me for some reason. Talk about that. Well, that all came about um, after my, my surgeries when I was a kid. I developed PTSD and I finally went to counseling about four five years after my first surgery. And that was one thing that I learned was, you know, to prepare myself mentally for what I was about to face whenever I had procedures or tests or surgeries. Um, And I have to do it. It has made such a big difference for me on how I cope. But if I don't get myself psyched up and ready for it, it's a lot harder process to go through those medical things. So what advice would you give someone, Jenny, listening to the show? You know, we've all been through this, whether it's anxiety, we have a scan coming up, you know, or a procedure coming up. What advice would you give someone else to help them uh, get through that the way that you've managed to do this? I think going to counseling is very important for everyone. You know, even if you don't realize that you need it, you need it. I think it's something that can benefit everybody and no matter what they're going through. Um, 
what I learned through that was meditation was a big um, aspect. And so I'm very big on meditation, especially when getting ready for or going through medical things, coping with medical things. Where did you learn meditation from? Through counseling. Um, I, that was one of my coping techniques that my counselor taught me. I went through the site also, uh, I, you know, the connection with Nord, but then I stumbled upon a whole p- section on your website uh, with online shopping. Yes. So uh, tell me how, what the, what, and I saw a lot of cool stuff. Tell, tell us about that. Well, it started out with, I wanted to do something for rare disease day. And so I um, started with bonfire funds and they helped me design my first shirt. Um, And it was very successful. We had a lot of uh, great support. And I said, you know, it's, um, I can't, I don't want to just keep doing bonfire funds because they can only do about three weeks at a time. I wanted something that was available to people year round. And so I created a cafe press um, shop. And so with that, there's all these different items. There's five designs now and all the proceeds go to Nord. And familial polyposis research fund. And you designed all of these items? Yes. Well, I just I did the designs, and then they um, they upload them onto they put them on all the um, merchandise that they have available that I've selected for it, and they do a great job. So tell us how has the shop worked for you? Has it been successful? I mean, it is. There's people that are, uh, buy on there. It's I'm always looking to um, to add more to get it out there more so that we can raise more funds for the research fund. Um, the goal for the research fund is $33,000. So I have a lot to do. Okay. Well, I'll see if we can help you out and uh, put a link to that on our website at thecallingcancerpodcast.com forward slash zero five five will be where you can find this conversation between Jenny and I, and then we'll put a link up uh, to your uh, blog, to the website with the shop, uh, all those things so people can find it. It's much appreciated. Certainly. And uh, tell our listeners again the name of your uh, blog and how they can find it. Life's a polyp, and it's at blogspot.com slash life's a polyp blogspot.com forward slash life's a polyp. We've got it. And I encourage uh, everybody to to check it out. Uh, Not only has Jenny done a great job kind of chronicling her journey over the last few years, I just truly admire, like I said earlier, it's, it's, it's beautifully written. It really is. And I think a lot of the stories that you've shared will resonate with, with many people as it already has. Thank you very much. So, Jenny, as we wrap up, uh, I always like to ask my guests uh, for some words of advice for for people, and it doesn't have to just be people with FAP, but for people who are just facing a major challenge like you've been dealing with for so long and may be, be facing, you know, tough time dealing with everything, what advice would you give on top of what you've already shared? The two things that I always focus on, and I have to remind myself, even to this day, is that one, I'm not alone. There's always someone out there who's going through what you're going through. Someone can always relate to you, and there's so many people who are willing to listen. And second, you can get through this. 
today may be horrible and tomorrow might be horrible too, but that doesn't mean the next day will be. Things always change and they can change for the better. Great words of advice. And I'm sure that uh, those words of advice will be appreciated by many people. Well, Jenny, thanks so much for spending a little bit of time with me this evening. Wish you uh, good health and uh, hope some of those challenges that you're dealing with now uh, ease up a bit for you. Continue sharing your story because I know that uh, there's people that need to hear it and and uh, find comfort and take comfort in what you're sharing on your blog. I meant to ask you too. Where can people find you online via social media? I'm on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, both of those are Life Sapolip. And I'm on LO, TSU, and uh, Google Plus. So you can, if you just Google Life Sapolip, it, it should pull up quite a few. <laughs> You're easy to find. I'm trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's like I said, I found you on Twitter and and uh, you've been a great supporter of the work that I've done by retweeting a lot of the things that I've put out. And I truly appreciate that, too. Absolutely. So you take care and thanks again. Thank you so much. You have a good night. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. And thanks again to our sponsors, H2ORS and Fresh Assist, for your support. The Colon Cancer Podcast is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, helping to provide financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www.ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.